so Rick, uh, hit parade or shit parade? <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, good afternoon, hello there to everyone out there in Radioland. This is Hit Parade or Ship Parade, and no matter what's going on out there, we welcome you in here. Myself, Axel in Chains, Kendrick, and Sam Garden Morecambe. Welcome one and all. <laughs> Hi guys, yeah, Sam the Garden Morecambe here. Yeah, didn't, I didn't, uh, didn't fill you in on the little puns we were Couldn't I be, wouldn't uh, Pearl Sam be better? How's that work? Pearl Sam. Pearl's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Soundgarden sounds more like Soundgarden than Pearl Sam sounds like Pearl Jam. <laughs> oh, all right. Is that the episode over? That's it. That's the conclusion. Anyway, that's right. This week we are grunging it up and covering one of the most influential bands of all time, Nirvana. Formed in Aberdeen, Washington in 1987, Nirvana were emblematic of Generation X's irreverent crusade against everyone over 30. Emerging as part of the Seattle grunge scene, Nirvana were catapulted to stratospheric heights during MTV's 1990s expansion and became reluctant spokesmen of their generation. With raucous dynamics and belligerent nihilistic lyrics, the band became something of a paradox all at once symbolising the apathetic disillusionment of American youth culture while being utilised by the corporate world as a fail-safe money spinner. Nirvana split up in 1994 when singer Kurt Cobain, troubled by chronic pain, drug addiction and the emptiness of the celebrity lifestyle, committed suicide, becoming something of a martyr for the cause of rock and roll and indelibly tying Nirvana to the tragic mythos of the 1990s counterculture. The legend far outlived the band and despite only producing three albums... They have forever been considered one of the great icons of the 1990s. Morecambe, what do we make of them as bedraggled outcasts set adrift from the 1990s, yet feeling an almost primordial nostalgia for it? Well, yeah, you got to remember, like I'm a, a fully a 90s kid in terms of my music taste, really. Um, mm. Yeah, I went. That is that <laughs> is liking everything that isn't from the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I went through the Nirvana phase like uh, a lot of uh, us did. Um, but how I... how different was your Nirvana phase to my Nirvana phase? Oh well, mine was they were kind of second or third in terms of my like real fandom of a band. So it went. I think they might have been second. It went ACDC and then Nirvana. Um, wow! I, I listened to all of it. You know, loved it at the time. Felt rebellious. Um, I would have been 12? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go for 12. And yeah, then I've uh, grown up a bit since then, and uh, we'll get get into that. But go on, what was your, what was your phase? Well, my, my first ever introduction to uh, Nirvana was probably when I was about nine. Uh-huh. And uh, one of my cousins made a joke about shooting himself in the head. Okay. And said, oh, like Kurt Cobain. I said, who's he? He said he was lead singer of a band called Nirvana. And I said, why did he shoot himself in the head? And my cousin sort of shrugged and said, oh, I don't know, his parents split up and he never got over it. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> and, then that, and then eventually, about three years later, I heard them on Planet Rock. Mm-hmm. And I think the song I heard was Come As You Are. And I thought, that's it's all right. That's not, and a, then, that's not a great first song. But well, I, 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 well, we'll get into that. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and then I remember, um, 
I don't know. It, it seemed almost as if uh, they became kind. Of, they had a little bit of a revival in terms of cultural appeal. Uh, yeah, uh, you we saw were... you saw everyone with the smiley face T-shirts. Yeah. yeah. Well, one th- one thing I do remember uh, actually was reading. Um, I think twenty years after his death, um, I read a. God, this is this is taking me back. The Guardian used to have a TV guide. Okay. A five sized kind of book that would go with the the newspaper on Sundays. Uh-huh. And um it was always it was always actually pretty pretty good most of the time. It had some pretty interesting writing in it. This is before the internet was pretty ubiquitous, so you really you know. And uh I read read about him and his life and I thought that's reasonably interesting. It was very well written. And um so that was another kind of just, you know, Again, non-musical memory yeah. of them, mm. but yeah, I remember they became yeah. That's it. You saw everyone wearing the t-shirts and yeah. posters of of the Nevermind album, and I think it was because it had been twenty years since Nevermind was released in like two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Now before that, before that, I didn't like Nirvana. Um, in my kind of the the kind of epoch of the kind of like zenith of my metal stage, yeah, I didn't like gonna, them. You're not gonna like them. Mate. Didn't like them, and um. And then I had a brief period in about 2012 where I really got into them and listened to them a lot. Okay. And uh, and I thought, this is really good. But, of course, that was right around the time um, we got into music GCSE. Uh-huh. Uh, and as a result, everyone was congregating in the music uh, department and playing songs. And the problem is, is that um, Nirvana songs are very simple. Yeah. Well simplistic even yeah yeah that kind is, of in, yeah. kind of intentionally so yeah and you know you end up playing them and the problem is, is that like you know if if like me you're 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 a fan of heavier stuff it's kind of annoying that you then have to just sort of play along with something that is really only worth listening to if it's got vocals to it it's not actually it's not much of an instrumental no, track no no yeah so then eventually, like, it just whirred on and on and on and on and on, and eventually I just got absolutely sick of it. But yeah. around 2014, I really got into grunge okay, in a big yeah. way, yeah. thanks to Soundgarden. Yeah. That was probably my entry to that. And, and then the, I got into... Yeah, three other bands, yeah. Yes, uh, those being uh, Green River, <laughs> uh, Malfunction, and Mother Love Bone. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I got in. I got into grunge m- massively, uh, except I didn't have a resurgence for Nirvana because when actually I started listening, I tried. I because I thought, you know, what, I'll go back to it and see yeah. if I see if I like it. And I listened to um, I listened to Nevermind again, and I thought, uh. <laughs> because the pro- yeah. cause the, pro- the problem was was that it was like all the stuff I liked, um, I liked for a different reason to the stuff I liked from the other grunge bands yeah and all the stuff i didn't like was because it had sort of just been played out over and over and over and over again yeah when i was younger and yeah yeah, it just sort of fell flat and then i happened upon uh because i watched uh i watched alice in chains's uh unplugged yeah uh on mtv which i think was I think it was something like their first gig in about three years, and I think it was one of their last ones before they split up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was Lane amazing. St- Lane Staley was absolutely on death's doorstep by that point. Yeah. Um, and uh, they just pulled out an incredible performance. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> magnificent. 
And then in the next video on the autoplay, there was Nirvana's unplugged, and I thought, you know what? I've, you know, I've I've heard about this. Yeah. And you know, Nirvana's okay. And uh, you know, back in back in those days, I was smoking a lot of weed, and I'd you know watch any old thing. Yeah. So I thought, I'd give it a go, and you know, I went along with it, and I thought this is pretty good. And then as it went on and on, I thought, hey, actually, this is really good. Yeah. And by the end of it, I thought this is the best thing they've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. And. We'll get into more detail with this later, but I'm I'm pretty satisfied that I I stand by that statement. I've I and I thought you know what actually that's that's now the the equilibrium. You find with a lot of these bands that I talk about, like similarly with Radiohead, that initially I hate them, yeah. Then I really like them, yeah. Then I hate them again, yeah. and then I find equilibrium, <laughs> and I kind of you know I sort of have a bit more. You of come a to peace with point. them, yeah. Yes, um, it's like it's like a difficult. Uh, difficult relationship with a relative or something you know it's it's, you know you sort of you you agonize over it and you know eventually you get to a you get to an equilibrium absolutely Um, uh, that's my that's my relationship with rambler (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah so i i don't think i could ever really say i was a nirvana fan though Unlike I, you, uh, yeah, but I would say I was for. Um, uh, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Uh, there was definitely like a year or two where I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, not particularly anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, Big, uh, bigger and better things. But yeah, should we should we should we get onto blue bleach bleach and the, and blue? Uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> blue blue is uh, something else, isn't it? It's the first song on Bleach. Oh, sorry, as in I uh, blew me away. <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you now it didn't blow me away. <laughs> no, me neither. Let's get on to it then. Bleach, first album, what was it, 1989? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, the thing was, I was sort of thinking, I was sort of thinking that one day I'll go back and listen to this and I'll think it's the best thing ever. Yeah, and th- I was hoping that uh, that was going to be me going back into this as well. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it's really not very good. No. Um, <laughs> so it opens with with blue, which, um, in my opinion, is just not a good choice for an opener. It's no, far too draggy. It's it's fine, but it's it's not what I want from a first song from a band. Is this? Yeah, kind of... my my exact wording on the notes, and I took notes for every song because I thought I do not want to have to listen to this through <laughs> twice. Um, but I ended up listening to Bleach through twice. Ooh, I because not. I listened to it while I was out on a walk on probably the most muggy, hay feverish day ever. Okay. Probably the worst sort of weather to listen to this kind of music. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I felt like I was sort of walking through a swamp. And the riff <laughs> on Bleach, I, I, yeah, I put not exactly a fantastic opener was my exact words. Yeah. And, yeah, it doesn't have much in... It, it, it's a swampy sound, and it doesn't have much in terms of distinguishing features. No. It's... And also, you get this, which comes along at like every third song. It seems just that that, <laughs> yeah. that rocking back and forth, and it's just yeah. But just, um, I would like to point out a little reference um, to a local band called Nightjar. Um, vocally, there was some, uh, there was some obvious influence here. I would say, um, yeah. Isn't the vocalist of Nightjar a girl? Doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, just and 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 good drumming actually. Yeah, yeah, well. The drum work's good for that, but I believe the drum work isn't Dave Grohl, is it? It's that other I, guy. I don't think it is on the first album, no. It is another Weird. dude, isn't it? Yeah, I'll say Chad Pennington and hope that that's not actually the name of the former Miami Dolphins quarterback. It might well be. Maybe that. Maybe they both, maybe, you know, same guy. Same yeah, dude. yeah, yeah, same sure. dude. <laughs> but yeah, awful solo as well. Yeah, well, there's not from many. a band that are, from a band that are pretty good at awful solos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we're now on to Floyd the Barber, which would have been a way better opener. Oh, really? Oh, I thought I thought it was more of the same. Oh, uh, so I got um, I just because I really thought the last one was a trash opener. I thought this would be a bit better. I got um, Black Album vibes during the verses. That kind of chuggy. But very boring. I think I think I know what you mean. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's grunge without much kind of actual energy. Yeah, which is something and that grunge is built on. It's well, yeah. and well, that interesting. You should bring that up because I mean, there's not very much talk about this album, so I don't mind trailing <laughs> off on a tangent. Go for it. Um, what makes grunge? I once agonised about that question because it's quite difficult to explain what the grunge sound is. Yeah. And it's weird to think that most people who are into grunge in the, in the 90s, like artists as well as fans, yeah. um, hated metal. Yeah. And most people now who like grunge don't like metal. Which is, yeah, I always find weird considering, you know, festivals and that they'll always be at the same ones yeah most, most grunge bands play download at some point and yeah i mean yeah. i the way i described it was that it was um effectively uh metal music with a punk ethos and a psychedelic approach yeah 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 I think I think like there's there's certain flourishes in grunge that lend themselves well to psychedelic music. I think there's a punk ethos definitely at the core of it. Yeah. But the music is at its core most similar to metal. Yeah. I think on the whole I think it's you know Black Sabbath. Yeah and yeah Metallica and yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. So there's there's a there's a lot of that. Um but I think the ethos of the, of the punk world is the key thing, and I think they are diametrically opposed to what the ethos of metal is, if there is even such a yeah, thing. Yeah, if there's such, yeah, yeah. The yeah, idea of kind of like, you know, Fantasia-type lyrics and um, just a kind of very macho approach. Yeah. You know, the DIY punk ethos is alive and well in grunge, for good and for bad, I think. It, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, and I mean, Floyd the Barber has a, you know, the silly sort of shock lyrics that Kurt Cobain loves. Yeah, yeah. About some guy being forced to perform oral sex on a barber and then getting his head cut off or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it completely passes me by nowadays. I'm sure I would have found it cool back when I was 12. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's... It does just come across as adolescent and puerile, but but that uh, that's what it is, really. Yeah, yeah. So you know, <laughs> and now we got. So um, I think the most puddle successful of mud. song. Wait, but the puddle of mud. Yeah, with about a girl. Was it that? What? 
What no, are you no. Saying have right you, now? Oh my god, have you not seen the puddle of mud cover of about no, a girl? I've I I probably have back in the day, but it's been a been a while. No, no, it's 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 only it's, it's very oh, recently. Yes, yes, I do know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And the, the the lead singer sounding like he's uh, it's awful. <laughs> oh, it's it's bad, and it's all I could really think of when, <laughs> when I heard it. But it's the only song I remembered from. Uh, from Blue, uh, Blue, Bleach. Yeah, I got you doing it. <laughs> um, I'm getting it mixed up with that great, um, that great uh, Miles Davis album, Cool and Bleach. <laughs> Very similar. Yeah, I'm reasonably <laughs> sure I only remember of it because of a puddle of mud cover, and it sounds like a spoof of a Nirvana song. Uh, what about a girl? I I think you. I don't think you just remember it because of that cover, because it, it was in the Unplugged as well, wasn't it? It was in the Unplugged. And it was way better in the Unplugged. It was way better. <laughs> but it just, was, it just sounds, it lacks all vitality in this. And I don't know how much of that is down to the mixing because. It's trash on this album. It is trash on this album. But then again, I hear some of the same kind of stylings and I get the same sort of response elsewhere where the mixing is better, not on this album. Mm. Yeah. So I, think... I, don't, I don't know. I think the only thing to say about about a girl on this is that uh, it's the first time you're hearing the fragility of Kurt's voice. Um, he does do it in the first two songs, but yeah, mm. it's 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 alright. Then we have School, which I I think is one of the better songs on the album. Completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first song on the album with some kind of actual energy. Yep, um, and love the frenzied nature when it gets to the bridge it's yeah just, and yeah and and that's good because most of the frenzied stuff on this album is rubbish yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it just sounds it just sounds daft yeah. um but this yeah gr- great riff cool drum work and yeah. i think a pretty good vocal performance too yeah absolutely and it doesn't try and be anything bigger than it is no no so that that's that's good i i'd say not not bad uh, uh then we have love buzz which is a Apparently a cover of a song by a Dutch band who I've never heard of. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I kind of wish it had stayed that way too. <laughs> well, I've said um, it's got a really good bass line, but apart from that, uh, kind of completely just full of boring interplay. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, I put the bass line is all right, not, my, not much else to see. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I wrote as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it sounds like Kurt Cobain is doing a strange Roy Orbison impression as well. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. It's really weird. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, then uh, number six, we have uh, Paper Cuts. So I said this one sounded like Slayer, but with nicer harmonies. It's got that, um, uh, what's the fucking song called? My favourite Slayer song. Uh, no, Se- Seasons in the Abyss. Seasons oh, in right, the Abyss. Right, 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 right. It's got that kind of, well, I almost want to say grungy, but to use it as a, an adjective. But no, Well, it's, 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 it's actually kind of psychedelic. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, for Seasons in the Abyss, that sort of doom. It's got that, I would say, of... it, just, it just reminded me of that a lot. Um and yeah, I forgot that they were this chuggy back in the beginning. Well, what I, what I said was, it's funny you should mention it to uh, compare it to Slayer. I said it had the potential to be interesting, but it, instead it sounds like a Smashing Pumpkins demo tape and not in okay. a good way. Okay, yeah. Um, I th- like, also, I mean, it's, it's another one of Kurt Cobain's self-pitying songs about the Freudian hellscape of his relationship with his stepmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> Again, it could be interesting, but... Yeah, yeah. 
it had its moments. This one, but yeah, it, it fell flat. I th- I think one of the one of the problems that I have with Nirvana consistently is that I don't actually. I feel pity for Kurt Cobain, but I don't feel much sympathy for him. Okay, yeah, no, I, I feel that, yeah. I've yeah. never found him a particularly sympathetic character. Well, we'll get to that later, but I think that's... The, and that that is a problem with a song like this. Mm. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So then we've got Negative Creep. Yep. Um, really good drum work, nice double, double bass pedal work. Um, oh. Kurt sounds legitimately unhinged, but it's still not great. <laughs> I said it was dull, derivative, and downright irritating. Oh, okay. It def- a... I think I was just getting sick of it because the problem was <laughs> I think that that stage that is that is the center point of the album. So that's the furthest away I was from not having to hear it. <laughs> and I think I was just suffering from fatigue by this stage. Already. Apparently, they ripped off one of the lyrics from Mud Honey. Okay. I mean. Yeah, that and that was the thing. I tried to sort of like find a way in with some of these songs by looking up the lyrics and like finding out what they meant. And uh-huh. they don't really mean much. No, they don't. It's just yeah. P- particularly this early on, they really don't mean much. No, they, they start to mean a little bit more later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we got scoff, and I've just put one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. <laughs> uh, I've put uh, my Sharona. <laughs> 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 I, I, I've got a challenge of how many times I can bring up my Sharona in this podcast. Uh, the are, intro are you, is like are, you the same. Cur- are you currently being sponsored by the Knack? Yeah, I, m- I might well be. We've got <laughs> Netflix on one end, but we've got the Knack on the other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I liked the verses, but the chorus is utterly forgettable. It was, yeah, yeah. I said it felt like it lasts four years. <laughs> Great drumming performance. Yeah, well, again, yeah, as always. Oh, so, well, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And lyrically, more lazy, dreary stuff somehow related to daddy issues. But yeah, well, he's full of daddy and mummy issues, isn't he? So. Yeah. <sighs> uh, there we go. <laughs> Swap me. Sorry, I was about to do a, a, a Ringo thing. Oh, okay, go ahead, I'll cut that. No, I won't. Number nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Swap me. There we go. <laughs> Absolute dross. Yeah, a uh, definite low point. This Don't bother looking up the lyrics either. There is nothing interesting there. <laughs> I'm sure. And so, like, I, I hate it as well, because Nirvana is such a well-known band. Mm-hmm. There is always like an article written by somebody sort of going through all their songs and trying to make sense of the lyrics. And yeah. they're trying to make it sound like this is like a good album, about like two, two people from school meeting up and talking about arts and crafts when they're, <laughs> they're meant to be having sex. or something. I, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, then we have a bit of an improvement with Mr. Mustache. So, yes, it, it is definitely better than the last one, but I don't think it should be after Swap Meet because they're quite similar. Yeah. Kind of just key, rhythmically, everything. It's all mm. all just... But, um, it's yeah, far better than the last. Great riff and interesting rhythmically. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's got more bite and craziness to it than the mm. other tracks. Yeah. And... Uh, Although the vocal performance is pretty grating, but it's not redeemable, irredeemable, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, and then there's sifting, which is also pretty good. Cool Ooh. enough riff uh, and beat, I think. I actually think that this one is the worst song on the album. Oh really? And oh, it's I caught five and a half minutes long. Okay, well that's absolutely true. <laughs> okay, uh, it's helped. I think it's helped by the change up in the chorus. Uh-huh. But it leads you up the garden path, and it could do with more, you know, vim and vigor at some point. Yeah, um, 
it just needs to yeah it needs to move more if it's going to be over five minutes long Absolutely, that is a pra- yes. it's a practical marathon in, in nirvana terms there's, there's <laughs> yeah. no there's no justifying it um and then big cheese boring entirely skippable gets worse as it goes too yeah 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 it does um and more of that thudding kind of <laughs> at the chorus yeah yeah, it's a bit of a nothing song there. Then we have probably the most outright punk song on the album, which is Downer. Yeah, which I actually think is fantastic. Um, full yeah. of energy, nicely disjointed, and Kurt's using his, his voice in a unique way. If you listen to this song, if you haven't heard it before, if you haven't heard it in a while, yeah. it, do, it doesn't sound like Kurt. It's No, a, it's a no, it doesn't. It sounds really like someone interesting. else. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like one of the songs that he did on Insecticide. Okay, yeah. Oh, I just can't remember what it was. Oh, I haven't heard that in fucking years. Um, it's got more character to it than the average track on, on Bleach, that's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think it's, yeah, it's pretty good. And it's a good job they finished on a high note because yeah. it would have been a real, real... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, if they'd have finished with Swap Me. Then, yeah, uh, I, think, <laughs> I think School is probably my favourite song on the album. Oh, I don't... Uh, yeah. I, judging by my notes, because I only did listen... For it once, um, I'd probably actually say that um, thingy is my favorite. The last one, the one we were just talking about, Downer. Yeah, I'd oh, actually cool. say that's my favorite. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I mean, how would you rate the album in total? I give it a five and a half out of ten. Surprised how little of this I remembered and how much I'm not a fan of most of it. But there are some redeemable moments, and you do see what's to come a little bit. I'd give it a four. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I honestly, I don't actually understand how they were able to get a major deal off the back of this. <laughs> I really don't. Like, it's not, it's not a remarkable album by any stretch. And I think if it was anyone but Nirvana, it would have been forgotten about. Do you reckon, was it new for America, this kind of sound? Kind well, of. Yeah. Not, I mean... Because I'm thinking if they were... I think, okay, if, I think it was new for America at large, but it wasn't new for the Pacific Northwest. This was uh, yeah, pretty, okay. This was pretty yeah. part and parcel of the rest of it. And not as good either, crucially. <laughs> just literally not as not as well put together, not as not as engaging. Yeah. 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 I just, I feel with Nirvana, if they'd have started in Britain, if they were a British band, I don't think they would have made it. Well, I you think, only I, need to look at the band Bush to see that that's... Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a reason grunge didn't uh didn't make it out here it's... until later, yeah. 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 It's, um I think I think as well the fact that they had MTV kind of there for the taking yeah, and they did down the necks, yeah. Yeah. No, you're anyway, definitely right about that. That helped them a lot. So yeah, I'd I'd say give it give it a four. Um, fair enough. Totally fair enough. Now, we come on to Nevermind. Yes, which people have waxed lyrical about for, it feels like, centuries. Yeah. I think, I think we are in an interesting position, having been born at the, at the kind of dying days of, the, of, of this whole movement, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, and I think it's kind of like how um, people who are born... Um, near the end of the 60s probably felt. Yeah, yeah. As that whole movement was coming yeah. to a close, because it's sort of like it's this shadow that's kind of over us and it, in, it inherently 
makes its way into our kind of thought process, but we're not quite with it. No, because we, we weren't. We were too late, weren't we? The aesthetics are all still there, but like yeah. the, the actual the actual grunt of it just isn't you know. I don't think I, I don't think I ever would feel that Nevada, that Nevermind is quite the epochal album that someone of the era would think it was. I'm sure, yeah. And I think um, ask me again, ask me oof, ten years ago and I would have said it is. And yeah. Ask me now, and yeah, we'll see. Yeah, go on. <laughs> okay, well let's let's start with start as we mean to go on. One of the most criminally overrated songs of all time. Completely agree. <laughs> yeah, it's it, one of the worst songs on this album. Honestly, it smells like Teen Spirit. It, yeah, it really is. It's is. I the- I must admit, and and this is from being a Nirvana fan. I never I never got it. <laughs> I never got why this was the one that was picked to be this. I mean, you know, it was picked, not necessarily picked, but yeah, it, it, it's just not that good. The, I think the reason why it got chosen is because it had that kind of big drop at the beginning. Okay, yeah, yeah. The lyrics are gibberish. They're complete gibberish, and people see it as this anthem for, you know for teens growing up in that time. And I don't that's see because, how. Right, that's because teenagers are stupid, <laughs> right? And they were especially stupid in 1991. Okay, yeah. Their point. brains were cooked by television and marijuana, mm-hmm. and, and this is what made sense to them. <laughs> or at least that's basically what MTV saw. So they pumped it out endlessly. Endlessly. And, like, you know, and I think, I, I will say, though, to its credit, it is insanely catchy. Yeah, yeah. I'd There's say no... less catchy than a lot of stuff on here. Okay, okay, that's fair but, enough. But, but it yeah. does it does whir its way into your brain. Yeah. And also you do see a clear improvement in composition between Bleach and Nevermind. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So and like there away. is yeah, like the way the chorus kicks in, yeah. That's something that wouldn't happen in, in Bleach. It would just yeah. sort of it would just sort of amble in and then amble out and, yeah. you know. So that's that's why I think it's got a, it's got like a it's it's well proportioned as a song but it is not it is not that great no um then we have in bloom which i know you're gonna have different views on to me (laughs) you go first well i mean i think just for the drumming it's given a free pass for most of the rest of the song which i don't think is that special in in all honesty see wait you think the drumming is special but the rest of the song isn't yeah yeah um i think i think it's a wonderful track number two for some okay. reason, I just think it, it suits it perfectly being there. Yeah, that's um, fair enough. Yeah, the drumming is incredible and something that I hadn't really heard before this, you know, the, the, just this really unique stylistically and it's, it's so good. energetic. It's good for its less is more, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what Dave is great at. He, he doesn't yeah. do all these crazy fills. It's just pure energy and, yeah, just absolutely whacking it. Yeah, I do, however, hate the lyrics. Uh, Nirvana lyrics it's have gr- never it's really grunge lyrics to me. generator, <laughs> and yeah. and also it's 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 Kurt Cobain's silly snobbery yeah. about people who don't know what lyrics mean and how they're <laughs> lesser beings than the drug-addled mess who wrote them. <laughs> I mean, like it's just it's a theme that we'll come back to, and yeah, it, it's just annoying. I I prefer it smells like Teen Spirit, but. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather smugness than complete gibberish. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I, I like it. Uh, it's not one of my favourites, but I like it. 
Then we have uh, my my introduction track, Come yeah. As You Are. Which, again, I never got, personally. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, never, no, never I, got it. I, d- I do like it, on the whole. Um, I think it's better than the first two tracks. I disagree with you, personally. I I much prefer '80s by Killing Joke, which is the the song from which the riff is taken. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently they stole their riff from the Damned, but I don't like the Damned, so I'm not that bothered about so that. So we'll just forget about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, you know, they're not very good. But um, it's a it's a cool riff. Um, it's fine. It's just it's one of those what well like the first two songs it's one of those ones you learn on guitar and you're just starting out i never bothered learning it maybe that's why maybe that's why i liked it, it. yeah it might well be it might well i think be. It, i think it is because um isn't it in e flat i don't know i can't say off the top of my head oh they're all in e flat but i mean you know oh well, yeah well they're, they're all not quite in e flat though are they they're all yeah. it's all a bit detuned and everything but yeah but yeah, I, I, I've never disliked it. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. And if I, I recall, I cor- say I if I recall correctly, isn't it on Unplugged? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah the Unplugged version is cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we'll get to that. But I, I will agree with you saying that the Unplugged version is cool with pretty much every song that's on it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> then we got Breed, which yeah, I love, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, Go on. Pretty rubbish, endlessly overplayed, wears itself out in no time at all. Um, I think I would... it's a skilled performance. I think it, I think there's there's definitely there's definitely a lot of a lot of deft touches to it, but I don't find it likable or interesting. I I I don't find it interesting, but I think it's short enough to be to not get boring personally. Um, and it's just yeah, it's just yeah. Okay, so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I it's boring so much as it is tiresome it just sort of yeah if you if you listen to it on repeat yeah but if it if well that's the problem um yeah, I yeah, remember, with this whole album <laughs> well i remember I, I remember i think i wrote um in in my when i did underrated songs from overrated albums yeah i did uh i did never mind as a as a you know yeah overrated album yeah, in a paraphrase of O'Brien's warning to Winston Smith in 1984, I said, if you want a picture of the future, yeah. imagine Ben playing F-sharp 5, E5, <laughs> F-sharp 5 again, and then A5, then back to E5 forever. <laughs> the sex instinct will be eradicated. <laughs> and and that, that that's the that's the thing you know it's just like the, the instinct for solos will be eradicated too <laughs> yeah. and that was the that was the problem with it it was just like every every afternoon for about two years you at least have, one you time you boot trum- stomping on your head <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and you'd either hear that or you'd hear in bloom or you'd hear smells like teen spirit or you'd hear uh polly mm. we'll get to <laughs> And like the problem again, the problem was nobody sung, so it's just like. <laughs> and it's just over and over and over and over and over, and like, oh god! I mean, it's. I was never particularly kind about it as a song. Really. Never particularly, but I like. I know. I've, I've never. I've never quite hated it. Yeah. Um. You know, it's not. I, I like I say I can I can appreciate the skill, 
yeah, it is a very tight performance, isn't it? It's a very tight performance, and yeah, yeah I I can imagine the first few times you hear it as well, particularly as it, it, it you know it packs a wallop. Yeah, but, and um, it and I think that's one of the things that I found because I haven't listened to Nevermind in quite a few years before now. Same, um, and I, I did appreciate some of the ones that I used to listen to far too much, um, including this one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking speaking of overplayed. Oh, okay. Yeah, go on. Lithium. Yes, overplayed, but absolutely fantastic in my opinion. It's Jesus. um, it's possibly. Oh, you're not going to like this. Uh, <laughs> it's not my favourite song by them, but I think it might be the best uh, songwriting they ever did. <laughs> I mean, oh. I mean, getting getting aside from the obvious, um, <laughs> the obvious logical issues there. Um, nah, no, go on. Boring. I, I disagree. I thought we might disagree on this one because I, I do. I yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, putting yes in songs is cool. It was the nineties, man. No, nah, it's James. It's James Hetfield. Only he can do it. <laughs> Or or Michael Stipe, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Oh, I just, I, I, I just, yeah, I just can't stand it. It's just so, so stale and. Oh no! I I love how moody this one is. I know it. It feels a bit weird for me to be singing its praises, considering what I haven't sung the praises of. But yeah, no. I I re I always loved this one, always. I I definitely didn't. <laughs> um. I think we're going to have to leave that at that. I don't think yeah, there's not really much else to talk about. Well, actually, there's nothing I can talk about with the next one because I didn't really listen to it. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> Fair enough. I cannot listen to Polly again. I've heard it so many times. I haven't heard it that many times and I've heard it too many times. Yeah, it's more of the silly edgelord lyrics as well. Yeah, and, you know, because it's just on the acoustic guitar, it, it's just is missing... I reckon if this was written like you know a normal heavy Nirvana song, it would. I don't know if I'd like it, but it'd be better. It probably would be better. Uh, Yeah, I some fucking drums. And this was the one that literally, if you got bored just through muscle memory in the music (laughs) in the music department, you would just start playing it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It creeps back into me every now and often. You know, I just play guitar and whatever, and I just start playing Polly. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm so glad. Thanks to years of, of. I don't actually know how to play it. That was a joke. Yeah. But. <laughs> thank God I thank God I don't. So uh, oh. yeah, no. Um, I uh, this is one of the ones that I used to like, but has just it's lost its charm for me. Yeah, big time. Anyway, territorial pissings. <laughs> I can't remember if you like this one or not. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, and you like this version, not um, who covered it again. Is it El Nino? No, we covered it. Yeah, but didn't haven't a, I assume a band has covered it as well. Yeah, El Nino <laughs> did cover it, but hey. um, I wasn't particularly keen on the El Nino version. No, okay. But I, yeah. I, I really like this. I, I think this is a real, this is a, yeah. It's got all the panache that brings you swinging back into adolescence with the full force of a 12-gauge shotgun. That's an unfortunate. Uh, yeah, unfortunate actually, Yeah, but yeah, no, it is. It's it's a it's a it's an all all swinging, all singing track. I th- I think it's great. I think it's a real barnstormer. 
Interesting. I think, I think the little pauses and restarts are really good, and I think it's a great showcase for their music at large. Yeah, which... um, I can't argue kind of against you against you with that. I like it. It's not one of my favourites, but yeah. And let's let's say it was a hell of a lot of fun to play. Oh well, I actually think that they all are because they're so simple. You know, yeah. you can always have a good time playing. Well, that was the great thing. I could actually sing along to this because oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I literally physically can't sing along while playing guitar. I just can't do it. <laughs> but um, with that, I could. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that kind of unhinged loopiness at the end—that's um, that's really well done too. Yeah, no, yeah. Th- this is a bit more kind of atmospheric than a lot yeah. of the album. Yeah. Um. Uh, then we got Drain You, which do you know about my opinion on <laughs> No. My favourite Nirvana song. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. All right. I love the riff. Uh, Again, it gets unhinged and atmospheric for the bridge. Yes, I was going to say I like that. Well, I called it a mid-eight, but I call everything a mid-eight if I don't know what it is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, interesting. And they have more capability in pulling that sort of thing off, which they certainly didn't have on Bleach. Yeah. They tried doing that on Bleach, it would have sounded rubbish. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... It does have a bit of that kind of humdrum demo tape feel to it, but yeah. it's better handled and it's not a bad song. Yeah, I do like uh, it. And I, uh, yeah, no, I love it rhythmically as well. It's just, yeah, cool. I can't say enough about this one, but wow. I will stop. Well, then, then we have one of one of uh, my preferred tracks, Lounge yeah, Act. Yeah, great song. Yeah, absolutely incredible. All the parts. Yeah, yeah, it's just masterfully great. executed. You probably wouldn't be able to name this one from the album by memory actually no i don't i don't think i would have been able to actually yeah. it's one of the it's one of the few ones that like if you were given 100 seconds to come up the tracks it's probably the one that would slip your memory yeah um absolutely but i actually called it the most underrated song on the album yes. when i did the column i do remember now yeah you did yeah um and i'd agree with you actually i i mean i don't know how kind of rated drain you is um it's definitely more well known than this one but yeah yeah, no, I'd agree. It's great. Uh, then we have uh, Stay Away, which I think could easily have gotten the uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit reputation yeah. had had some executive decided that uh, yeah. it, was the, it was the way to go. <laughs> yeah, if um, anyone on MTV had raised, you know, raised an eyebrow and decided yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That kind of escalation that goes with it. The chorus is great. It gets unhinged at the end. Yeah. Um, it's... It's got more of a message to it. I, yeah, I think it's. I think it's a solid song. Much would be much better deserved as a generational anthem than yeah. Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very good. Uh, unlike On a Plane, which is yeah. dull as dishwater, deserves to be forgotten. Yeah, I, I yeah, we okay. We're agreeing on things now. Yep. Finally, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been nothing but nothing but uh, <laughs> handbags over here. I'm on a plane. Uh, yeah, fuck okay. <laughs> it. Then we have probably my favourite Nirvana song. Really? Something okay. in the way. Yeah. It is beautiful. I think it catches that kind of numb frustration and paralysis of the young person's life with nuance and care. Which and, uh, is the only time on this album this is done, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's not nuanced or careful before. Mm. It's and good, those those, yeah, str- one, those yeah. strings are a fantastic inclusion. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. And it, you know, you wouldn't expect it on a on a album like this, but 
No. Very nicely done. Especially just... considering the other acoustic song so far has been fucking Polly. <clears throat> like, you know, <laughs> you're not yeah. expecting this. But it's, yeah, genuinely beautiful. And, they, and I, this is an Unplugged as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. very well done, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, unlike Endless Nameless, which I haven't listened to since 2015. Yeah, I must admit. I, I and I will be absolutely damned if I ever listen to it again. <laughs> I'm not going to. I, I, I think I listened to all of uh, Nevermind again leading up to this, but I don't really remember Endless Nameless. <laughs> Weird. I <laughs> Just th- yeah, kind of the I... album ends with uh, uh, something in the way. Yeah, have you ever woken up from a dream and like... Uh, thought god i had a really bad dream and then someone will say what happened you know like, i don't know yeah <laughs> that's basically what endless nameless is yeah Just, yeah, yeah nothing i have nothing to, to say about it at all yeah nothing to discuss uh so anyway the uh, never mind the the generational album <laughs> absolutely yeah uh the the, the uh, yeah what well, i mean i don't know what to say about it really i don't know what i don't know what to give it i think at its at its best, I, I, I am, I am suitably impressed. But at its worst, it's pretty shit. It, uh, personally, I wouldn't actually say it was shit. I'd just say it's pure. It's so forgettable. Some of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's there's that much shit on this album. Uh, I think, I, I, unlike I, the other two, I would say. Oh. I do think I do think this is their best album. Um, mm. big, for, for mm. me, I, yeah, I love yeah, no, no, I, 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 I'll have to think about it as we go through. But yeah, I mean, well, apart from unplugged, uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, I mean, the thing is, it, considering like how it's supposed to be like this great generational record, it does seem to just be a collection of singles with a few album tracks. If that makes sense, like it it's, doesn't actually work as a kind of cohesive. Completely agree, and you could. You, one of those albums you could quite easily stick on shuffle and you'd get the same experience. Yeah, it wouldn't make any difference, would it? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I think that's one major limitation to their songwriting style and that's where, where, like, you know, they're different to some of the other grunge bands. Yeah. There is no kind of wider arrangement. No. Definitely not on the first two albums. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, I completely agreed. Yeah. Yeah, whereas I think Pearl Jam's 10, that has an excellent kind of That's road cohesive. mapping to it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Black Hole Sun as well. Sorry, Super Unknown. Yeah, um, Super, oh, Super Unknown, absolutely. But yeah. um, uh, Temple of the Dogs album as well that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. also got like some cohesion to it a lot of them do and that's the that's just the thing that they're lacking with Nirvana it's just which is here. quite quite possibly the reason they've got the most popular out of them <laughs> yeah people <laughs> no. don't like albums no <laughs> um, fuck albums they like compilations and they like singles yeah they like Abba's greatest hits and they like um, Dancing Queen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Don't know why I went there, but yeah. Where would you where would you rate this album then? What would you what would you give it out it, of ten? It's really it is it's easily the most difficult one to rate so far. Um, yeah, am I rating it right now? Am I rating it for the impact it had on me? Because it did. I can't. The amount I've listened to. Okay, well, I how about this? Pre- what would you have rated it then, and what would you rate it now? Okay, I think back in the day I would have given it a nine. I yeah. would say now I'd give it a seven. 
6.5. Okay, I'd probably give it a 6.5. Okay. Yep. Yep, and, that makes I, sense. And, and, and it says a lot, but I still feel that's a little bit cruel. So maybe I'll give it a 6.75. I think that, that, that's a good halfway point for me. <laughs> that's a good like... halfway between 0 and 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I hear you, though. Yeah. It's really weird that when, like, you know, you, you know that you think a certain thing about an album, but you almost feel like you should feel differently about it. And I don't know why yeah. that is with me, because I don't have any nostalgia for Nevermind. No, no. Um, I don't really have any nostalgia. Apart from something in the way, I don't have nostalgia for any of the songs either. Uh, I definitely do. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just... I just hate Smells Like Teen Spirit so much. <laughs> Fuck that song. It's really bad that that leads to the album. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. So yeah, I I say six point seven five. Yeah, I I think that's a fair rating. Then we come to in utero, utero, utero. Yeah. Um. Yes. 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 We come to in utero. Yeah. Um. <laughs> now I think the first three tracks on this album are really quite good. Is that all you have to say? No, <laughs> because no, no. But I just thought I'd, I just thought I'd leave with no, that open gambit. Um, so the first of which is "Serve the Servants." What do you make of it? So I, both bands that we've done so far, so Radiohead and The Clash, have both been experts at opening an album strongly. Yes, yes. Nirvana, in my opinion, do not fit into this group whatsoever. <laughs> um, I would say it's a bit of a nothing song. Um, but there is a very simple solution, which I'd come on. I'll come on to in a second. You'd swap it with another song. I'd, I'd swap it with uh, "Scentless Brentness." Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, funny because so I got I got a very similar impression from both of them. But what in terms of how they felt? I do, yeah. I just feel like because um, um, "Scentless Apprentice" it it has a real intro to it, whereas this song doesn't really have an intro. It yeah, just it just kind goes. Of, but yeah, no. Serve the servants has never been a favourite of mine. I, I like it. I th- I think I like the guitar work and I like the vocals, and I think there's okay. some decent lyrical work in there too. Yeah, it, it's all right. <laughs> okay, and uh, Scentless Apprentice. Yeah. So I really like. I really like this one. That's um, good. Yeah, it, they've evolved their kind of manic songs into this, and that, yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. And now the weird thing about this. Now I th- I think. Uh, producers are generally given a pretty inflated uh, role in in the in the development of albums, usually because the people who write musical journalism focus on that sort of thing. Yeah, but it, it, it varies a lot. But, but it yeah, is interesting to note that, like, you, you had uh, Butch, Butch Vig in, in, yeah. in Nevermind, and then you have Steve Albini in this one. But yeah. apparently, the record company said. Albini hasn't done enough. We want more done to it. And Albini said no. And then they brought in some other guy whose name I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what? I mean, the, I don't know what to. I don't know what to say. But I, one thing I do know is that I didn't listen to this album on. I tried listening to this album through my laptop speakers, and I thought this sounds really weird. I put my it headphones is... in, and it, and it was able to. And the the sounds were a bit easier to tease apart, and it sounded a bit more rich. It is a. It, and I think it's famously quite a weirdly produced album. It's 
after Nevermind, you know, they did the big step up from Bleach to Nevermind, and then they went a bit, they went a bit backwards. It is a bit muddier, which you know, stylistically maybe, but yeah, it's scratchy. I think is how I pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then, but then, Heart Shape Box is produced amazingly and sounds fantastic. It is fantastic. Yeah, I think it's one of the better Nirvana songs. Um, great haunting kind of sound to it. Absolutely. Very solid chorus and yeah. a very listenable and engaging song. That's yeah. A, yeah. I link it with, for me, uh, with Lithium. Uh, for me, two of their hits that actually deserve to be their hits. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, then we have the very edgy. <laughs> so edgy. And so controversial Rape Me. Yeah. Um. Uh, Simple. Verses suck. Chorus is great. Oh, okay. I mean, I think it's just silly, puerile, meanders around, loses most of its punch. Not that memorable. And I think that's why they gave it such a bizarre edgelord title. Yeah, and I think if you want to listen to it again, you'll. I think you'll find that most of that is because of the verses. The verses are they're, they're just nothing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah. I don't yeah, know it's that, a watery I, mess. You know, you read along to the lyrics for this one, and it, it doesn't really tell you much about what Kurt was trying to say. But yeah, it's just, yeah, no, not a fan of this one. Um, I, I used to be again back when I was twelve, when I was the Edge Lord. Um, you know, this was my favorite. Of course, I don't think it was my favorite, but yeah, yeah. I used to think this one was super cool. Yeah, because <laughs> it uses a controversial word. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> that was the other thing as well. That was what I really like found pretty passe about Nirvana was the fact that, you know, I listened to death metal. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, when See, you listen I wasn't, to I wasn't yet. Yeah, when I you listen to Deicide yeah. and stuff and, yeah. and <laughs> you know, uh immolation and uh necrophagist. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. no This is all pretty tame. Like, you know, it's like eh. <laughs> so yeah. And when the song's not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> then we have Francis Farmer will have her revenge on Seattle. So with the, the back when I was in my uh, Nirvana fandom, I remember that I used to skip this one. I don't know I why. Can, I can, I but, can see why. Well, okay, fair, fair <laughs> enough. But I think because of that, I came to it really fresh this time and I did actually find some bits of it that I liked. Okay. That's yeah. fair enough. I thought it was kind of bleach-like and a bit phoned in. I would say particularly the uh, the chord, if I'm going to, you know, uh, laser in, the yeah. chord progression in the chorus, just the whole harmony of the chorus is, is really powerful. But again, the verses... Yeah, really the, cor- the chorus is the high point. I yeah, think. absolutely. Um, I mean, it's quite funny, actually, that they had such a problem with being kind of like a corporate band that just pumped out simple songs, and yet it does seem that all they do is focus <laughs> on the chorus, which is like the moneymaker for that kind of yeah, composition. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, then we have Dumb, which is a reasonably good song. I uh, This song holds a huge place in my heart. Not even, you know, not because of what the song is about I just I, I I think this is absolutely stunning yeah instrumentally it's it's, oh, it's brilliant it's absolutely gorgeous and the unplugged version is even better yes, yes it is yeah I love this song very much helped by the production values too yeah 
Yeah. Um, although again, it's 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 Kurt Cobain belittling people who could be happy with simple things in life, <laughs> which he couldn't be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know. Uh, I just. Yeah. I think when I, I was younger I and I th- and I felt like I was much better than everyone else, I probably <laughs> agreed with him. But like, I don't know. I just like, you know, we, 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 what's We're your point? We're all people here. Yeah, I get you. And uh, yeah, but instrumentally, it's a wonderful song. Yeah, and just uh, some of the chords just have added notes, which uh, just absolutely make it. I think yeah. it starts on an E minor add nine. I think. Um, which could easily I'm not just be, be an looking E minor. It up, don't worry. No, no, fair enough. I, I think it's that. Could easily just be an E minor. Sure. I might be talking out my ass, but um Well yeah, that'll be a change. It just, it just it just adds to it a lot rather than it yeah. just being boring chords. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um then something weird happened with this with the album that was on uh YouTube for me. Okay. Uh the guy who uploaded it, I think he got very ape and milk it mixed up. Okay. But very ape, I think I just put barely noticed it existed. <laughs> I mean, these uh, two songs did meld together for me. I didn't really. Yeah, a little bit, I would say. Uh, I with um, very ape. I wish the lead part was doing something different because it is literally a song that's just built on. Um, I don't know if it's octaves or not, but it's just everyone's playing the same thing, just a uh, different yeah. pitch and. That gets very boring very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Very Ape. What uh, do you have to say about Milk It? I, I liked Milk It, genuinely disconcerting, um, which I think they were trying to do throughout this album. Uh, but they yeah. actually hit, hit the nail on the head here. I thought, I, it was I, a bit, say. I thought it was a bit fragmentary. I just it sort of came a bit confused. and. But maybe that's what I was saying. That. Maybe that's what I was looking for if I wanted to be disconcerted. You know, mm. you know, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, okay, fair enough. Kinda. I also said it was far too long. I can't remember how long this one was. But I, yeah, I can't remember either. I think it was about five, <laughs> I think it was about five minutes. The problem okay. is, is that it, I may have thought that it and Very Ape were the same, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, then we have Penny Royalty. Yes. <laughs> I think I think it's one of the best Nirvana songs. Oh, interesting. I was never a big fan of it. I love the unplugged version. Yeah. But I no, not a not a fan of the uh of this I think one. I think it's very well executed and I really like the lyrics. Go on, say more. Have you got more? Well, no, there's not really much I can go into detail with because the <laughs> no, thing is enough. the thing is there isn't there isn't like it isn't like a joy division where I feel like you know <laughs> it's poetic and wonderful. It just sort of some lyrics are good because of the way they're delivered. Oh, absolutely. And I think yeah. that's the way it is with this. I think it's and and I do like the way it escalates for the chorus. Yeah. Uh, which is probably why I prefer I actually think I prefer the studio version of this to the oh, uh, really? unplugged version, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, just I think because it was one of my favorite Nirvana songs, so I was No, never fair like, enough. Yeah. I know that a lot of people love this song. I just I just don't get it, you know. Yeah, no. I Well, here we go. <laughs> one of me. <laughs> Now, I've got to say, the next two tracks I really didn't like. Uh, I, I hated one of them and liked one of them. Which one did you hate? Uh, Radio Friendly Unit yes. Shelter. Shit. Complete waste of time. Just yeah. take it off the album. Don't need it. Yeah. Nothing, An anonymous nothing mess. There. Yeah. There was nothing yeah. there. Yeah. I literally put, I don't know what the point of this song was. Very glad when it was finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I second that completely. Um, now, Tourette's, I said, had a cool riff. 
yeah, I I like Tourette's. Uh, I, it's not one of my favourites ever, but I, I I think it's a good song. I think it could have been a good song were it not for the irritating vocals. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I can hear you. It, it, again, a bit different for Kurt. Yeah. But but yeah yeah I can definitely see how you could. Yeah. Then we have all apologies. Hmm. What do you make of it? <laughs> uh, really, really, really don't like this version of it. Love so you it like on, the unplugged version? Love it on unplugged. Hate this. Oh, I think it. Well, I really, think all... really distinct that I, I really don't like this, and I really love. It's what? quite. It's, yeah. Well, as we're going to be talking about unplugged next, you might as well say what you do. You prefer about the unplugged version? Oh God! Now I'm trying to remember. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it. I think I think it's a, a, a really nice song with a great guitar line and rhythm. I think the bass line deserves a lot of credit too. And I think it put, puts forth a kind of sense of exhaustion in a very listenable way. Okay. I, th- I think, I think uh, where they become so different for me is that um, this clearly, I don't think this was played live. You know, I think this was done by parts in the studio uh, and I just didn't get this cohesive nature, whereas I really do with the unplugged version. Okay. I might be I might, again. I might be completely talking out about my there. Might be talking out my ass, but yeah. Well, um, I'm. Yeah, I think I think it almost makes up for the for the previous two tracks. Interesting. I I, I think it does as a song. I just don't like this performance of it. Sure. Really. Yeah. Anyway, how would you rate in Utero? So what did I get? So I gave Bleach a five and a half. And you gave, gave uh, never mind a seven and a half. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well then, yeah, I think I'll go for it and say six and a half. And I'd probably say a six. Yeah. So I mean, I remember I used to I I used to like this album a lot more when I was younger. So did I. And so I used I. to th- I used I think I used to say it was better than. Uh, never mind. To be contrarian. Mind. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably did as well. No, I think I think it's because I remembered the, I remembered a few songs off this, which I thought are way better than the the kind of songs that are well known off Nevermind. But the songs yeah. I liked off Nevermind were I thought were better than the ones on. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's got its charms. Definitely, it definitely does. I think it works more cohesively than either of their other albums. Yes. It would be, I yeah, listening to this one on shuffle wouldn't be quite... In fact, I noticed, because, uh, you know, sometimes I'll be listening to something and then just completely not realise I'm listening to it shuffled. I did actually notice with this one when I started off and that's I was good. shuffled. Uh, whereas, and I would have noticed it with Nevermind, but that's only because I know it so well. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have noticed with Bleach. Could have had that in any order. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, no, that could have literally come out anyway. Yeah, I would have loved to have heard... Uh, a fourth album, honestly. I mean, I think most people would have liked to have heard it. It might have been shit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so with those rankings out of the way, I mean, we won't do a track by track on this because we've talked about most of the tracks anyway, yeah. but I think yeah. you can talk about like your favourite bits. Uh, like. So, so yeah, we're talking about Unplugged now. Um, yes. Do, do you want to say it's nineteen ninety four? Yes, and this was their last performance. Was it? Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah, I can't actually remember. When did Kurt die? 
fourth or uh, sorry, twentieth of April, nineteen ninety four. Oh, then yeah, that would very much make sense, wouldn't it? Uh, or was it the fifth? Yeah. Sorry, I think it might have been the fifth of April. Okay, it was the fifth of April. Sorry, Nixon died on the twentieth of April. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that yeah, that's yeah. You want to get into that? <laughs> you want to talk about Nixon for a bit? <laughs> Not that I can say much. Um, I know more Reagan. Uh, that was a that was a really interesting uh, sidebar there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do know more about Ronald Reagan than I do about Richard Nixon. There you that's, go. That's uh, a bit of trivia for you. There you go. Um, <laughs> Unplugged is uh, beautiful, and yeah. um, I you've well, yeah, you've seen it. The it, it's beautiful uh, visually and um, auditorily. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. It's I can be pretty. Stunning. I can be pretty certain, by the way, it wasn't their last performance, but it was their last release. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. And yeah, it's. I I don't know what it is. I think I think it shows that there was a certain level of compositional, um, skill at the heart of most all of their songs. Yeah, and because yeah, you're totally right. Because, um, for a for a song to be really solid. For it, particularly for a heavy song to be really, really solid, you need to be able to play it cut back. And, yeah, you know, it needs to work both ways, I'd say. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you I, need I'm to work. I'm not saying from, that the most. You need to work from the core and outwards, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... The interesting thing, though, is that my favourite uh, passage mm. is not their songs. My favourite passage is three songs that they covered by a group called The Meat Puppets, who I had not heard of before. I've listened uh-huh. to since, and they're not very good, I've got to be honest. <laughs> but the songs, the songs Plateau, Omi, and Lake of Fire, yeah, they're spellbinding. I don't know what it is. It's yeah, just they're they so, are amazing. They're so wonderfully played. Yeah. And, you know, everybody talks about the, the last track, the, uh, the Lead Belly cover, Where Did You Sleep Last Night, which is also great. But I think these three and get... the Bowie cover as well. Everyone yes. talks about yeah. But, yeah, but these yeah. these three get completely overshadowed, and I just they think do. the way they the way they do it all together is just is just wonderful. And yeah. uh, I just remember listening to it on many a, a sun washed evening. Yeah. Um, there's something there's something so atmospheric about it. The lyrics are great. They're not his lyrics, but they're very they're very well delivered. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of care put into it. That's the thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of care put into this this performance. Yeah, and you can hear it in all the instruments. Yes, um, you've got Pat Smear playing there as well. Yeah, it's... the unsung hero. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, no, the the just hearing them like that is just yeah. Dave Grohl stripped back with his brushes and everything. It's yep. just yeah, fantastic. Yeah, really, really good, uh, and one hell of a listen all the way through. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely tremendous. What's your what's your favorite on the album? Do you reckon? Uh, so I'd have to say "Dumb" because I prefer it to the um, In Utero version. Yeah, and it's my yeah. Um, but yeah, standout moments. I do love um, the the man who sold the world. Um, yeah, I might even say it's better than Bowie's version, and I love Bowie. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> I'm not. I'm not completely against saying that. So there you okay, go. okay. Um, I also quite like "Jesus Doesn't Want Me for a Sunday." Yeah, yeah, that yeah. little religious song. Yeah, 
I, I don't really have any stand-up moment. It's a whole performance, and it's just, yeah, yeah. it's gorgeous. Start, Start to finish, finish it is yeah. magnificent. And I think it, it is almost certainly in my top 50 albums of all time. You say so. Yeah. I, Which I, is ra- remarkable, considering, <laughs> like, you know, how much I really, I really can't stand Nirvana at their worst. <laughs> Yeah. I just think this, yeah, this is unad- unadulterated brilliance, and I don't know. I honestly can't fathom how they did it. It really it puzzles yeah. me. Um, and yeah, and I and for me, I'm not usually a fan of live albums at all. They just they piss me off. Yeah. But I mean, this is a bit different. But yeah, no, absolutely stunning. Um, I'll give it an oh, eight and a half. I'll yeah. give it a nine. Yeah. I think there's yeah. no two ways about it. Um, I'd always yeah, do, actually, yeah. fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm I always, I always that. defended this, like even when I really didn't like it. Uh, yeah. Didn't like Nirvana. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not much more can be said about it. I mean, the 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 Lead Belly cover is is also phenomenal. That's fantastic too. Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. a great a great choice of song to close the album. And now everyone thinks it's a Nirvana song. <laughs> well it's yeah. not his it's not Lead Belly's song anyway it's a traditional blues oh track. yeah no of course yeah 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 um, but yeah but it, yeah I, that, that was a we, we rocketed through that I mean that's not that surprising there's only so much that. I can say before I just end up repeating myself over <laughs> and over but there's some really nifty little interplays and I think that's why I like on, uh, that's why I like uh, Plateau Omi and Lake of Fire so much yeah yeah, and um, just hearing something new as well. You know? Yeah, yeah. God, it, take, it takes me back. I might have to listen to that again later. Yep, me just, too. Uh, actually, <laughs> yeah. just thinking exactly the same. And I would say, if you like this, you will love Alice in Chains's. Uh, yeah, uh, which I have bugs. heard uh, once or twice, and yeah, didn't Pearl Jam do one as well? Uh, Is that I, right? Yes, they did. They did, but I think it was yeah. a lot shorter. Okay, and then I know the uh, Foo Fighters did. A similar thing it was an yeah. MTV but yeah. and that's great as well um, yeah which isn't surprising yeah cool but yeah I think that's Nirvana d- done that so, is Nirvana done um, ticked well I mean we can we can I mean ranking the albums is pretty easy but we can also do the um, oh yeah well we've already ranked the albums haven't we we both put unplugged we, we're the same yeah unplugged is yeah, best then we never are, mind then in utero then bleach yeah uh, well, I mean what about the members who deserves credit Dave at the top. I think you're probably right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I had heard drums like this before. Um, just so powerful um, and so imitated now. Everyone wants to be Dave now. But yeah, yeah no, I, just an incredible drummer. Absolutely incredible. And an incredible backing vocalist as well. People don't remember yeah. that. But yeah. I think this is part of the reason why I don't like the Foo Fighters. <laughs> What, because Dave's not on drums? I think Dave Grohl's so <laughs> good behind the drum kit. I don't really think yeah. he needs to be anywhere else, other than the fact that I think Foo Fighters are just rubbish generally. But <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'm going to call it now and never doing an episode on the Foo Fighters. Well, hey. I don't want to. I don't want to. No, no, I don't think. I don't think anyone does. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, he deserves a lot of credit. Absolutely um, for his work with Nirvana. Uh, second place. I I think it has to be Kurt for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. Like, quite, <laughs> <laughs> quite honestly, like, I mean, Chris Novoselic, you know, he's a good he's a good bass player, but it's like he's kind of inconsequential to me as far as like everything yeah. goes. Like, I'm Absolutely. not that bothered about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. He is a good bass player, but I don't give a shit about him. And Kurt Cobain, <laughs> like, I mean, it's like I was saying, you know, I, I never found him to be a sympathetic character. He was never someone who I felt like, you know, yeah. You know how, like, the, the the good thing about people who sing about stuff like that is you think, yeah, I get it, he gets it. Yeah. And I just didn't get it. <laughs> I just, like, I, I just kept thinking, this guy sounds like a smug prick who... Uh, I think his, uh, his voice alone, I do think his voice is stunning. Um, you know. I think it can be. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. I think at points it's just annoying. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear um, you. I also like he was a real purist, but a real dickhead of a purist too. <laughs> like the the Most stuff he said, the stuff he said about like Pearl Jam in interviews and stuff, and the stuff he said about Smashing Pumpkins and things like that is just it's awful. I, I haven't heard much of it. I must. He just he said some very nasty stuff about Pearl Jam. He basically said that they were like you know riding the coattails and stuff like that. Which was incredibly unfair, and this idea that they were basically just some kind of like, you know, band that had been conjured up out of nowhere by a backroom record meeting. Yeah, which just straight up isn't true. Well, all the all the guys in in um, in Pearl Jam, uh, with the exception of Eddie Vedder and Mike McCready, were from a band called Green River. After yeah. Green River split up, one side of them went on to become uh, Mother Love Bone, and yeah. the other side, and Mark Arm, who was the vocalist, went off to join Mudhoney. Okay. And Kurt Cobain thought Mudhoney were fucking great because they didn't sell out, which basically just means they play really simple music. I really like Mudhoney, <laughs> uh, but I think they do that sort of simple stuff, frankly, better than Nirvana did. Okay. And like, whereas like uh, Green River, sorry, not Green River, uh, Mother Love Bone, who had uh, an incredible singer um, whose name I've completely forgotten, <laughs> which is really bad because he was a, he was an incredible vocalist, but he died in 1990 just before it all kicked off. Okay, and yeah. he would have he would have been the guy. I mean, he really would have. He was an absolute. Well, better than Eddie, because Eddie's got a fucking incredible voice. I think he had a better voice than Eddie Vedder. Oh, okay. I'd probably even okay. say he had a better voice than um, Lane Staley. That's a big call. There's some seriously what good about, voices among this among about, this movement. What about Cornell? Nah, no, no, no not quite. I agree not with you. Quite. No one could beat that. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, and. And you know, and they were a re- they were a seriously good grunge band. And like you know, mm. Kurt Cobain just had this silly idea that it was kind of like you know, Pearl Jam weren't real; they weren't true to the cause, and all the rest of it. And he slagged them off publicly a lot of times, even though there was nothing but goodwill from Pearl Jam towards Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, I think he didn't okay. like he didn't like Smashing Pumpkins because Billy Corgan was an out and out metal fan, unlike nearly everyone else of the of the time, and basically uh-huh. said, "I'm I am a metal guitarist. I'm influenced by metal guitarists." Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And yeah, uh, okay. Kirk Bain didn't like that, and yeah, he just came across as very pompous. Well, he was. It's not that he came across. Yeah, and, uh, I think a lot of people. There's a lot of hero worship. I know you were talking about Strummer last time. Yeah, there's a lot of hero worship towards Kirk Bain, and I, he, I think he's a a bit too messed up for for that. That's because he's dead. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm not being. Fu- yeah, I'm not being no, funny. It yeah. is. It is. That is what it is. And I think there are other bands where the the simple fact of the matter is, if their lead singer hadn't died, they would not be as big. Yeah. And they're bands I like too, like The Doors, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Morrison yeah. dying was probably the single biggest thing that happened to keep them in the kind of in the kind <laughs> yeah. of in the kind of running. 
you could even yeah, argue Joy a Joy Division. Division. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. fantastic, fantastic band, but I really, oh, I really yeah. doubt they would be quite on the level that they are considered now, if if uh, um, if Ian yeah. Curtis hadn't died. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And it, and it is honestly the same with the same with Nirvana. Well, I I think part of it is just trying to imagine what Kurt Cobain would be like if he was I don't know how old he'd be now. Yeah, probably his fifties. It would yes. be weird. <laughs> yeah. Try, that's, well, that's and also do do the that. same with um do the same with uh John Lennon. I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, not pretty. Really don't want to, it's not no. pretty. And you know, it, God, that's weird to think of. Uh, John Lennon would be eighty soon. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. How weird that is that? Is, yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know. Like, don't like him. And I don't. I don't like his wife either. What? Um, Yoko. And, <laughs> well, no, Courtney Love. I mean, yes, but yeah, no, no. But no. also Yoko. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Is like, it Hole? Is it Hole? Courtney yeah. Love's band? Fuck them. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, rubbish. <laughs> Waste of fucking space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like, you know, it's. And the fact is, just because someone had a tragic time of things doesn't mean they weren't a complete dickhead. No, no, and again, that's something that uh, people need to think about more. Yeah, IMO, yes, yeah, and I think that was one of the main things I disliked about about Nirvana. Actually, it's that sneering kind of attitude from. It it only seemed to come from Kurt, though. Yeah, although I don't, I don't think Dave Grohl is quite as nice as everyone makes him out to be. Oh, I think he is. I want to, you know, last episode. One of the last episodes I was talking about giving Robert Smith a cuddle. I would want to give Dave Grohl a cuddle, like genuinely. Well, he'd probably cuddle you back. But, exactly. You know. There you go. That's a nice guy. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all I need. Okay, fine. <laughs> the, the cuddle test. That can be a little segment. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't cuddle Chris Novoselic then? Oh, the fuck no. <laughs> Well, how tall is he, firstly? Yeah, I know, he's about seven foot five or something. (laughs) He is massive. I don't want to cuddle that. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that sorted. Oh, wait, yeah, top five songs, just quickly. Oh, God. Um, Dumb, Drain You. This isn't in a particular order. Okay, cool. Um, Breed. Um, Oh, fuck. Let me go back through. Um, so I'm just typing mine up right now. Okay, yeah. Um, oh Jesus Christ! Oh lithium, yeah, lithium's up there, and heart shaped box is up there. That's four in it. Yeah. Oh no, I said five because I said breed as well. Yeah, done. What was it? It was <laughs> breed dumb. Um. Oh, this is great. Lithium, heart-shaped <laughs> box, and drain you. There we are, in no okay. particular order. In- <laughs> I, I said uh, something in the way, Penny Royalty, Plateau, heart-shaped box, and probably, um, what was the underrated one from... <laughs> from, from what? <laughs> <laughs> from, from never mind. What oh, was it? Right. Loud Jacked. Um, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you got that. <laughs> so yeah, something in the way, Penny Royalty, Plateau, Heart Shaped Box, Lounge Act. Fantastic. Yeah. We did it. We did it, we did it. I, uh, <laughs> we didn't come to a decision on what we were going to do afterwards. No, we didn't. Um, 
Do we I, want to just do the other one, or do we want to have a think and uh, get back to people? No, I, 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 I say we, we, we try and work it out now, because you and I had, what, uh, two ideas, didn't we? Do you want to just name them out loud? Oh, no, sorry, I, I, we had two ideas, and one of them was Nirvana. Yeah, exactly, so we could just do the other one. Do you want to do the other one? I'm happy to do the other one. All right, in that case... Hip Parade or Ship Parade will next be covering System of a Down. Ooh, I did remember it right, didn't I? You did indeed. I um, got for that. I got really worried I got it wrong. They're, they're kind of they're still being talked about. Well, no, they've they've recently been talked about a lot. Um, so it should be an interesting episode. What what have they done? <laughs> well, I don't know. The the drummers come out really pro Trump, which feels a bit weird. John Dalmayan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he was out. he was always the quiet one of the of the group. He was, um, but it just feels a bit weird that he was in that band, considering. <laughs> they, <laughs> hey, they're still technically together. Uh, yeah, um, even if they are just playing festivals. Yes, I'd love yeah. to see them live, but we'll get into that. I'm yes. looking forward to this one. Yes, all coming. Um, uh, how many albums do they have? Like six. Oh yeah, is it that many? Oh. It'll be a two parter. We'll make it a two parter. Okay, cool. cool. All Lovely. Right. And on that note, yeah, um, yeah. Never mind the. Um, never mind. Um, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> and, and there we are. <laughs> Und das war sie, die erste Hitparade im zweiten deutschen Fernsehen. Redaktion Dieter Weber, Produktionsleitung Eberhard Stein, Themenbild Joachim Zizenga, Kamera Klaus Dorner, Jörg Kolbe, Manfred Schimpfstadt und Dieter Schneider, technische Leitung Jürgen Rohloff, Ton Richard Jarno, Wildschnitt, Ingeborg Marx, Regie, Druck, Brand. Meine Damen und Herren, wenn Sie mitspielen möchten, wenn Sie Ihren Hit wählen möchten, machen Sie das ganz, ganz einfach. Sie schreiben uns bitte eine Postkarte an das zweite deutsche Fernsehen. 65 Mainz 500 Kennwort Hitparade an das zweite deutsche Fernsehen 65 Mainz 500 Kennwort Hitparade 22. Ihr dieser Thomas Hicks Das war eine Sendung des 